Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. But I want to ask you, why are you here? Why are you here? Like I told you why I'm here, I'm here to equip you, so I hope you are here to be equipped. Because if you're here for some other reason, you might be disappointed. Amen? If you're here to be entertained, I can maybe point you to better places where entertainment will be more on the forefront. Um, I'm so glad I missed the rugby yesterday because uh, apparently that wasn't too entertaining. (laughs) But like I said, we were on a camp. And uh, just somewhere in the message, then uh, someone showed me the score. And I was like, I'm so glad I didn't watch that match. <laughs> so it helps to be spiritual, doesn't it? No, uh, I'm joking. So the purpose of us meeting here together is to equip you. And that equipping means to help you grow. And it's to help you grow so that you can overflow. So we gather to grow to go. We gather to grow to, to, to generate overflow in your lives. Because we want you to be effective ministers of the Word and of Jesus and through His Spirit, but we don't want you to burn out. So we want to ensure that your inflow is greater than your outflow. Amen? Because otherwise there's going to be a deficit, and then you're going to, you're going to run dry, you're going to burn out. But again, I'm asking you, why are you here this morning? Are you here because you want to be an effective minister of the Gospel? Then you came to the right place. If you hear, if you hear about Jesus, you also came to the right place, but... Uh, yeah, we are here to minister to, to, to people who want to go out and share Jesus out there. Jesus said, you are the light of the, the world, not the church. Okay, he was speaking to the church and says, church, you are the light in the world. So we need to be in the world, shining our lights. But we come here to, to stir up the gift, to celebrate, to gather together, and to, uh, to just celebrate the good things that God has done. Amen. And there's some, there's some bad things that happen in the world, you know. This week there were some bad things, really bad things that happened to, to members of our family. But we celebrate and we're thankful that they are here this morning. We celebrate literally that they're alive and that their family is alive. And, and we pray for their, their quick recovery because guess what? We live in an evil world. We live in a dark place. We live in a place where people are not going to church. But, or they're not wanting God. Or they don't have God. They don't have His Spirit. They don't have that influence. They live in darkness. Grave darkness will cover the earth. But you are the light of the earth. And we need to shine brightly. We need to stop hiding under a bucket. Amen? I love what Shane says. In, uh, in many cultures, Afrikaans cultures for one, people say you don't talk about two things. What is that? Politics, Politics and religion. We don't talk about religion, but we have to share our faith. Amen? Because we're not of a religion. We're of a, a life-giving relationship with a God who's alive. And I don't know about you, but that, I, I cannot stop talking about it. Like wherever I go, because someone shared with me the gospel and that changed my life. So I'm, I have this overflow that is generated the more I think about where my life could have been. I was thinking about that over the weekend. Where, where I could have been and where I am. And I'm so thankful that I'm not where I could have been, but I am where I am. I mean, because someone shared with me that God loves me unconditionally. Someone shared with me that it's not about what I do, but what Jesus did. Someone shared with me that there's uh, no record of wrong in heaven. There's no DVD, MP3, there's nothing. There's not a, you're going to not arrive there and, and, and someone is going to say, okay, let's watch your video. You know, some people share, share that and they taught that and it's fear-based. But we don't live by fear because God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of, of love, of power, of a sound mind. Guess what? When we have a sound mind, we operate in the spirit of God, things can actually make sense. Amen? 
So we need to equip you so that the word makes sense to you so that you can make it, help it make sense to someone else. And that's really our sharing of wealth, as the word says, happens between us. So I want to encourage you, therefore, to, to give. I want you to encourage you to, to give of yourself, to give of your finances, to give of your time. Because the word says in Galatians 6.6 6, that let him who is instructed in the word share with him who is instructing in all good things. That's the Young's literal translation. The Passion says, and those who are taught the word must share all good things with their teacher. Because a sharing of wealth play, takes place between them. And we want you to, to, to give into this ministry. We want you to give selflessly. We want you to give generously. Because there's a sharing of wealth. And the more that we give into the ministry, the more we can share the ministry with others. Amen? The more that we get to, 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 to take the message out, the more people receive the true riches. Which is not finances, by the way. The true riches is the goodness of God. The true riches is the spiritual richness. It is that you were poor in the Spirit, and now you can be rich, richly fulfilled, richly blessed, full of God, and manifesting as a son of God. And that's the message this morning. But guess what? It takes some money to, to, to rent venues. It takes some money to keep the lights on. It takes money to, to live. So the more that we give into the ministry, the more people can live off the ministry. The more we can minister at the end of the day. And if you're serious about what we teach here, I want to encourage you to give into that. To help us, to support us, to help send people. We've got a mission school that's happening. We've got online teachings. We're currently um, being taught how to reach um, people of uh, the, the, the Islam faith. I must, Shane is here now, so he's marking my notes. He says, like, Islam is the faith, Muslims are those who follow Islam. I think I've got that. So, we're not, there's no Muslim faith. There's Islam and there's Muslims. Because Muslims means the submitted ones. But we want to equip you to reach them effectively. We want to equip you to reach them so that they don't go to hell. Amen. We want to equip you so that you can shine your light and they can see the glorious gospel and they get born again and they can receive God in them. But guess what? Zoom did not give us the license for free. They're not that worth. They gave us a discount though. It's because we're an NGO. We got a discount. So I'm not dishing them. I'm just saying money is not going to get people into heaven. The gospel does. But sometimes the gospel needs some, some fuel. The vehicle that we send out needs to be filled. And therefore, I want to encourage you as a church, we have a responsibility uh, to give and to support each other in this. We're sharing on, on waking up or awakening to your true self. And I want to ask you, who is you? Not who, who are you, because who are you might be someone next to you. Who is you? Before Jerusha blames my grammar, that was on purpose. <laughs> who are you? Who, who, the you the, like, who are you? Like, today, tomorrow, who were you? Who do you want to become? If you're in Christ, you can just become more of who you are. Like, you can live out more of who you are. You don't need to become something. And that's good news, by the way. Because a lot of people say, you have to add this, you have to do this, you have to, to fill up with this, you have to, to fast, you have to give. No, you have to give not to be something else. You have to give so that the word can go out. We give generously because of the message, because we believe in the message, not because we want to get something back. We want to give because we want to give. Otherwise, it's not giving. Then it's buying or it's investing or it's um, manipulation, if you will. But give is give. If I give you this bottle of water and I say, hey, you gotta give me two bottles back. Who wants it? Come. Who wants this? <laughs> no one wants this. Why? Because I want to give it to you as a gift. That is good news. Good news is that you don't need more, but the good news is that you can be more of who you are. 
you can manifest more of the spirit that is in you, meaning you can make it more visible to the world out there. Now listen to this. Psalm 17 verse 15 says, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness, and I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. This verse blessed my socks off. The Passion Translation says, Then I will awaken with your form and be fully satisfied, fulfilled in the revelation of your glory in me. Now I asked you last week, who of you are satisfied? And then I took it a step further and I said, who of you are living fully satisfied? And I want to ask you that again, because often we listen to a message, we think about a question and we don't go answer it for ourselves. Are you living a satisfied life? Are you fully satisfied? I mean, the box lost yesterday, so it's a good day to ask. Are you still fully satisfied with life? You have to get up early this morning. Are you fully satisfied with life? Because you see, it's not about all these peripheral things. Because it says, when I awaken to your likeness in me, the revelation of God's glory in you, when you see that, then you can live fully satisfied. Now, the way that I do Bible study is, if you don't see that, then you unfortunately will not be fully satisfied. And I don't know about you, but we live in a world where people are, are dissatisfied. And then they, they, they go a bit crazy. Because they're looking for satisfaction, or they realize they're never going to find satisfaction, so they start to, to, to numb that, that ache. And they start to, to use substances, they, they go for different things, they keep themselves busy, they keep their minds occupied, because Ecclesiastes says that there's eternity in the hearts of men. So unless you speak to that eternal part of you, unless you feed that eternal part, you're always going to be hungry. Okay, now look at the world around us. They're hungry. They're hungry for power. They're hungry for wealth. They're hungry for, for influence, for fame. They're hungry for, for sexual pleasures. They're hungry for sin. They're hungry. It's called lust, by the way. There's that unsaturated, unsatisfied hunger because they haven't let the eternal one feed their eternal need, their eternal longing, their eternal heartbeat that they've got in the Spirit. And only when you receive the Spirit of God will you live forever, like Adam shared with us the word, those who have the Son have life. It's, it's simple. We looked at it over the weekend. We, we, we don't want to be deceived or beguiled, the King James says, like the snake beguiled Eve, Away from the simplicity of the gospel. And it says it's the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. So whatever is not Christ, can I, can I share with you a secret, is deceiving you. Whatever is not Christ, even if it's in church, even if it is on a Christian TV station, if it is not Christ, it is from the snake. Okay, we're starting hard here this morning. I had your coffee, I hope. You see, there's no time to play around anymore. There's no time to play church. Because we're not playing. We are here to save a world who's dying. We are here to reach out. We're here to equip you to help us. Amen? And that's really the point of this. The word likeness there is the form, the image, the representation or the manifestation of God. And this morning, the title of the, 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 our talk is Manifesting as the Sons of God. Now, we, we read Romans 8 and we think one day when Jesus comes back, and unfortunately, a lot of the translations don't help us there. Because they're they, they, using um, Romans 8 that says when the, the, the whole world, verse 19, is earnestly expecting, or the expectation of the creature, the creation, waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. So, who's waiting? 
Who's waiting? Creation is waiting. Okay? Who are they waiting on? Some translations will tell you they're waiting on Jesus to return. But that's not what it is. They are waiting for you. They're not waiting on God. The problem is a lot of Christians are waiting on God. We pray for revelation. And then we pray for revival. Because we think revival is going to come down from heaven. And now I'm touching on some nice toes again. <laughs> revival is inside of you. What is revival? It is the raising of the dead. That which was dead is revived. Revival. So are you dead? Yes, you are. But Christ is alive in you. Galatians 2. No longer I who live, but Christ lives in you. Can you be more alive than Christ in you? So why do you need revival? Okay, are there people who don't have Christ in them? Do they need revival? Where is Christ? He's in you. So what are you waiting for? You're waiting on God. But God is in you. Okay, so you've got the keys, the keys to the kingdom. The word says very clearly, the kingdom of God is inside. So you've got the keys to the kingdom and you lock God up inside of you. Okay, everyone awake? <laughs> I've been awake since uh, 20 to 5 this morning. See, that's where I'm going. Listen to this. Romans 8.13 says, For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. See, the, the, the message is so simple. You need someone to help you misunderstand it. If you live in the flesh, you're going to die. You don't need me to... Can you read? Okay, so you don't need me to explain the verse to you. Does it do I? But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Those who have that spiritual godliness inside of them, where does it come from? It comes from God. What does it make you? It makes you a son of God. The word led there is an interesting one because we think it's a continuous thing. We need to be led continuously. And then we can, we can be led and we can be unled. Or we can plug into His leading and we can plug out of His leading. And that the word is not really that. It means for, to, to bring forth. It means to carry, to go, and then there's a leading or an opening. It actually speaks about the, the, the picture there is birth. Those who are birthed by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. You see, because God is always speaking. John 10 says, my sheep hear what? My voice. So He is leading. But He birthed you so that you can now be attentive to His leading. Because you were out of a different tribe, but now you're of the tribe of God. You were outside, you weren't a sheep, but now you're part of the sheepfold. Why? Because you were spiritually reborn. You see, and that's the thing. We, 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 we think about born again as Christians and we think clean slate. And then you think you need another clean slate. And then you mess up and then you want another clean slate. So you want to get born again again. And then what? Well, you mess up again. So you want to get born again again again. And then someone asks you, are you born again? And you're like, I'm not sure. But can I make sure? So you get born again 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 again. As many as are birthed by the Spirit of God. They are the children of God. They are the sons of God. So now you are who you are. And now the world is waiting for you to show them who you are. But they're not waiting on you so much to show them who you are. They're waiting on you to show the world who's inside of you. To let God out of you, if you will. For the earnest expectation of the creature, the creation, is waiting on us. 
And then Romans 8.28, we say, We know all things work together for good. To them that love God, and to them who are called according to His purpose. And what we do is, we like to apply that verse very self-centeredly. Everything's going to work out for my good. Now, what about everything works out for the good of the kingdom? If you're a martyr, it doesn't work out for your good, does it? Well, it does, eternally. But someone can get saved right there, watching you, and then it works out for the good of the, of the kingdom. You see, there's, the, there's carnality and then there's spirituality. And the Bible really is just dividing between those two. Are you manifesting flesh, carnality, or are you manifesting spirituality, who God is? And the whole Bible sort of tells us that it's this, it's, this, uh, it's this constant thing of renewing the mind of which side are you going to live by. And then it says clearly, like, the one side leads to death and the other side is life. God said in Deuteronomy, He said to the, the, the Israelites, He says, Blessing and cursing, life and death, I put in front of you. You choose. So that's what I'm doing this morning. I'm just saying, are we going to do this or not? Who's going to do it with us? Who's going to see the world change because the Spirit of God is on the inside of us? We've been birthed. We are no longer the same. We are not the same. We're not what we used to be. We are different. There's a different heartbeat. There's a different purpose. Saint Shane said yesterday in 2 Corinthians 5.17 and it just blessed me so much. All things have become new. Not just you. But your calling, your purpose, your vision, your dreams, your destiny, your influence, why you live, why you get up in the morning, what you spend your finances for, why you want finances, your generosity. Everything is new. So everything you thought you wanted before you got saved, just check if you still need it. Just check if you really still want it because all things are new. So I thought I'm going to go study engineering because I wanted a navy blue BMW 3 Series. I clicked on one of those emails. You think it's for you, but it's just an ad in Gmail. You know those? And it was uh, this week, actually. Mercedes-Benz A-Class Sedan. I was like, sure. That must look like something. And I clicked on it. But you don't, you don't look at sponsored, you know. Like you, don't, you don't read that. You just think it's for you. I looked at the price of that thing, and I was like, that's ridiculous. I'll never pay that. You know what you can do with that money in the kingdom? Guess what? My car gets me around just fine. Because all things are new. I thought I wanted something. I thought something will make me happy, and I realized it never will. I thought that, that, that the things that the world are aching for, longing for, lasting for, is for good reason. And guess what? The only reason is to numb the eternal, eternity and the anxiety. So as soon as you move past that, you realize there's so much more to live for. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, Who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. So you've been called, you've been invited. Why? Not according to what you've done, but according to His own purpose and grace. So our calling is aligned with His purpose. Not your purpose. We all have the same calling, by the way. We might manifest it a bit different. But the calling is to go out into all the world and see the gospel preached. To see every, every creature become a new creation. To see the new come. Amen? Not according to works, but according to grace. And guess what? It's not a new thing because the verse says, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And I promised myself I won't get in on that. You can listen to the last two weeks' messages about how long ago God planned for this. But listen to this. Verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate 
to be conformed to the image of His Son. I promised myself I won't do another teaching on predestination like I did last week. But you've been predestined. Everyone has been predestined to be spiritual. Everyone has been predestined. Your plan, the predefined destination for you, for every person in the universe, has been to become the Son of God. When I left Simonstown this morning, I put in Techno Park. That was my predestination. I set a destination. But guess what? I actually had to drive here. I had to come here. I had to, to not take detours and go for a surf and go for golf and have a breakfast. I had to come here. So everyone in the world has been predestined to be the sons of God. Because in Genesis 1, we are made in the image and the likeness of who God is. But guess what? Everyone is not reaching that goal. Why? Because they choose not to. Or they haven't heard that they have a choice. It's not on God. You see, that's according to the election, Romans says in Romans 9. But I would rather say we translate that selection because you select if you're going to be a son of God or not. The election is not God selecting or electing. It is you selecting or electing to participate of God's plan for your life or not. Because otherwise God is a respecter of persons. And the word says clearly that he isn't. Does that help anyone? Listen to the Passion Translation. It says, For we knew all about us. He knew all about us before we were born. And He destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of His Son. This means the Son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like Him. So what is your potential? Jesus. Your potential is Jesus. Because otherwise Jesus lied when he said, you can do everything I did and greater. Okay, so who's got some growing up to do? My hands up. <laughs> There's more potential than what I'm currently reaching. Amen? So that's why we're on this journey to see what more can we manifest? What is on the inside that we can let out? You see, it's all about the Spirit. It's all about the Spirit of God. Romans, uh, sorry, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 45 says, And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening or a life-giving spirit. See, everyone who is born according to first Adam, Adam 1, has the opportunity to now be upgraded, if you will, to Adam 2. You know, you ever played Super Mario? And you eat the mushroom. And then you're bigger. That's what we're called to do. We're called to be not according to the first Adam, the dust man. No, we're called to level up according to the spiritual Adam. And then Romans 5 clearly says that now there's much more to life. Because first Adam never ate of the tree of life. But you and I, if we're Christians, if we believe us, then we did. So now that tree is spiritual. There's a spiritual side to life. It is not just for you, but it is a quickening, life-giving, restoring from the dead, the Amplified says, spirit. It's beautiful, by the way. Verse 47 says, The first man was from out of the earth, made of dust, earthly-minded. The second man is the Lord from out of heaven, 
Now those who are made of the dust are like him who was first made of the dust. Earthly minded. You know some people who's earthly minded? Temporal pleasure. Just survival mode. And as is the man from heaven, that's Jesus, so also are those who are of heaven, heavenly minded. That's why they don't understand us. That's why we have to keep the gospel simple. That's why we have to give them Jesus, 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 and not complicated with many things. Because once they become spiritual, now there's a resonance in the spirit, and now their spirit becomes one with God's spirit. And now, again, if you are one with God's spirit, then we're all one. Now there's unity. That's the only chance of unity. Denominations will never reach unity. Spirit in the world. Someone shared with me once, and I tend to agree with it. He said, a, a spiritual man will never need a contract. A carnal man will seldom keep one. Why? Because the spirit doesn't live for himself. The spirit gives. The spirit submits. The spirit is more concerned for others than for himself. Philippians 2 says that to us as well. Be more considered for others, the interests of others, than those of yourself. Anyone notice that we live in a bit of a self-centered era? Okay, so why is that? Because it's carnal. Because we actually go into our, ad, uh, our, our first Adam, our animal brain. And it's, it's me against you, it's survival of the fittest. Where the spirit supersedes that and says, it's, I can't give and give and give and it will never stop. It's like the outpouring of the world. It never stops. There's a sharing of wealth again that we, that's taking place between us. So, Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Where? In Christ. According as He has chosen us. Who's chosen? Everyone's chosen, but everyone doesn't accept the invitation. In Him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Having predestinated us, there you have it, unto what? The adoption of children by Jesus to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will. God is pleased when He has more kids. The only thing that God is lacking is time with His kids. Lost sons and daughters who's not come home yet. Therefore, the ministry that we have is a ministry of reconciliation. Where, why we plead, we cry, please come back to the Father. Be reconciled with God. Why? How? Through Christ, who's done it all, who's paved the way, who's paid for you. You see, the word there is, is, is interesting again. It's the choosing. The adoption, the choosing. Are you going to choose to be adopted by God? The, all, the plan has always been that we should be one with God, not because of our works, but because of our choice. I'll say that again. The plan has always been, since the foundation of the world, before you and I were born, before creation, the plan was that we be one with God, not by works, but by choice. Therefore, there were two trees in the garden. You choose. Blessing and cursing, life and death, I put in front of you. Choose life. Choose the Spirit. Choose what God has for you. Galatians 6, 6, we said... And let him who instructed the word share with him who is instructing in all good things. There's a sharing of wealth that takes place when the body operates as it should. And you don't just wait for the person with the microphone to share on that wealth. You have the wealth inside of you. So please go and share it with the world. Let the inflow become an outflow. 
Keep on receiving. Keep on realizing. Keep on being reminded of who you are in Christ. Because Romans 8 and verse 13 says, For if we live after the flesh, we will die. But if through the Spirit you do mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. Why? For as many as are led, brought forth by the Spirit of God. They are who? They are the sons of God. So if I can convince you this morning that if you're a believer, that God lives inside of you. That you're a son of God. And ladies, that sonship is not... It's not gender-based. It's purpose-based. It's destiny-based. It's the one who carries my purposes, the one who carries my name, the one who replicates what I do, the one who's about his father's business. We're all part of that because Galatians says clearly, in, in heaven there's no male nor female. There's no slave nor free, but we're all sons. We're all children of God. We're all the seed of Abraham through Christ Jesus, the true Israel. But the world is waiting for the manifestation. The world is waiting for us to show up, to stand up, to speak up, to love, to give, to share. But to share love and give so much that we do actually go so far to share the gospel. People need hugs, but they need the gospel more. People need food, but they need the gospel more. So what we do on the outreach, we make sandwiches. And we reach out to those who are helping us making sandwiches. But inherently, people have this sense in them and they want to make a difference in the world. So we use that. And we speak to them. We have a captive audience because you can't leave with half a peanut butter sandwich. You need to finish it. But what we do then is we have a team who takes those sandwiches and they're taking it out to hungry people. But we tell them, listen, this is going to still your hunger for tonight. But I want to still your spiritual hunger. I want to share with you the bread of life where Jesus said, if you eat of this, you will never go hungry again. So it's not about the sandwich at all. Because that speaks to the carnal man. But we are connecting to the carnal man so that we can minister, that we can manifest the Spirit of God, so that we can replicate the Spirit of God in someone else, to share with them the Gospel so that they can actually wake up to the likeness of who God is in them, which is the predestined plan for each and every human being ever born. I hope that helps. Does it help? I'm going to pray as Shane comes up. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the manifestation. Thank you for love. Thank you for Jesus. And right now, where we are, just, just in your own heart, this is between you and God, but, but just, just make a commitment, if you will, that, that you want to pursue this life. That you want all things to be new in your life. That you're going to reconsider your current path, even if it's, it's, you've been on it for years. Maybe you're here this morning and you know that what you're busy with is not fulfilling. You've tried it. I'm not saying everyone go resign, nothing like that. You can be so purposeful in your work. You can be so much more purposeful in daily life, meeting with family. But it starts with what are we pursuing? What is the true wealth? Is it Christ in us? And sharing that life. For we are new creations, not according to first Adam anymore, but according to those who are born of Amen. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now, we'll get into some stuff there with regards to... Uh, how did you entitle it? <laughs> Manifesting as, son, uh, as, as sons or children of God. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 17. 
to 21 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, or anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Uh, behold, the new has come. And so that's really showing us uh, the initial uh, point of manifesting as sons, or as children of God, where now you've received Christ, you've become a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come, and uh, that's the point of departure, right? Great. So, you know, uh, uh, when I was, um, I shared some of this with the leaders yesterday, but when I was uh, growing up, this was one of my favorite verses because, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of exciting. And then, you know, as I got more into the word, the last verse of this chapter, verse 21, was also more exciting for me. Uh, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, basically what it's saying. And so, you know, I would kind of get excited about those two truths, but the middle kind of, I would read through quickly. And um, <laughs> so, you know, if, if we look at it, it starts off by saying, you know, we, 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 we're at the point of departure. Um, we're now children of God. We're not trying to become children of God. We've become children of God. We're not trying to become new creations. We are new creations. Okay, if you look at uh, Colossians 2 verse 10, it says that we are complete in Christ. Okay, so you might be feeling a bit incomplete. You might be feeling a bit broken. You know, that might be a reality in your um, emotions at the moment, but in your spirit, it's not true. You are complete. You are whole. You are not broken. You are a new creation, okay, in Christ Jesus. Amen? So you're completely new, completely new, okay, completely whole, completely uh, um, uh, 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 in Christ. You're not trying to become a child of God. You are a child of God. Now... Um, this new creation, we start to see how Paul starts to describe in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, as he goes on, he starts to describe more about this new creation. Okay, Because what happens for most of our testimonies, I'm sure, would be that we came to Christ, it was awesome. Some of you wouldn't have this testimony. Uh, you would have it that it's awesome. But beyond that, it would be a case of like everything carried on the same. Maybe bar one or two things. I'm not talking about sin. Just talking about life, <laughs> you know, uh, you kind of carried on and things just continued on. But the, the difference was maybe the eternal destination and a bit of motivation, maybe, or a bit of um, joy. You had more joy, maybe more peace. Um, you, you started to feel more confident in yourself. I don't know, because of who you are, Christ. But, uh, you know, whatever your testimony is of how Christ impacted you at that point of departure, and I emphasize it's a point of departure, it's not a point of arrival. You have arrived at that point in a sense of you're complete, you're whole, you've got nothing lacking. But it's a point of departure now in that you're still needing to manifest. Not something demonic. Uh, you need to manifest something demonic. You're supposed to manifest something now. Uh, who is Jesus? Because we're growing up into our potential. Manifesting or uh, unveiling or revealing is talking about becoming. Okay, now we're not, you know, the, 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 how do we become as believers? It's not by trying. It's not by effort. It's not by putting into a, a, a lot of, um, uh, what's it, elbow grease. You know, it's about uh, discovering. We're not trying to become, we're discovering who we have become and then we're walking in that. Okay? So, we're going to carry on with 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in a moment, but Philemon, or Philemon, which one do you prefer? Philemon. Philemon. Okay, so Philemon, uh, 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 chapter 1, or there's only one chapter, verse 6, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual 
by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So this is saying, because you're in Christ Jesus, there's good in you. Now a lot of us don't feel like that. Because we don't know what's in us. We don't know that there's good in us. Okay? So there are good things in us which we, we need to uh, acknowledge. If we want our faith to become effectual, if we're wanting our faith to work, then we've got to start to acknowledge what's inside of us, which is in Christ Jesus. Not what's inside of us in, I just feel terrible today. We're not talking about that. Okay? We don't do that. Okay? We're like, we've got to acknowledge what's inside of us in terms of now that I'm a new creation. Okay? And there's a couple of things in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 which we'll look at, which are good for us to acknowledge. But now, uh, 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 in terms of um, our faith becoming effectual, we start to live like a believer, we start to manifest as, as children of God when we acknowledge what we've got. Okay? Now, you, the problem is you can't acknowledge what you don't have. Okay? You can't acknowledge what you don't have, and you can't create something by acknowledging it. Okay, how many of you see Marna here, my wife, this morning? Some of you have to look around. But she's not here this morning. Okay? She's not here this morning. So I can't acknowledge her into existence in the front row. Marna's here this morning. Marna's here this morning. You know, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So you, know, you can acknowledge all you want what's not in you, and it's not going to do anything. Okay, acknowledge, another word for acknowledge is recognize. Recognize. So I can recognize that uh, Lucas is here with me this morning. Or I'm here with him. We don't know. Okay, so we're here with each other this morning. But it's like Lucas is here. I acknowledge that because it's a reality. Okay? We can acknowledge that uh, the weather is the way that it is today. But we can't acknowledge that it's snowing today because it's not snowing. You know, so, so acknowledging is kind of like revealing what is. So part of the manifesting or revealing uh, your sonship or your, your, the, the, the fact that you're a child of God and that you're like Him is recognizing who you are in the Spirit, who you are in Christ, and then you can actually live it out. So, uh, uh, if we go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 says, All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to Himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So, we kind of start to compartmentalize these verses or split them up and go, I'm, um, we, we subconsciously, I believe, start to think that some of them are for people in ministry and some of them are for every believer. How do I know that? Because we all live like that. <laughs> So we're all the same here. Like we kind of think, okay, uh, uh, we, what, what does it say there? Uh, verse 18, the end it says, And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Great, that's for everybody, but it's for the pastors to do. It's for the missionaries to do. But it's for all of us, because Paul's speaking to the church, he's not speaking to leaders. Okay? It's written to all of us. And so we see there that, yes, we've been reconciled to, to, to God through Christ, and because of that, because we're new creations, we've got a ministry now. And that ministry is the ministry of reconciling people with God. Okay, that is, verse 19, In Christ, God was reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses or sin against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So it's a great truth that God's not holding our sin against us, 
And what a lot of us do, like babies, is we camp on that truth and we live on that truth, but we forget about the next part, that this message isn't just for us, it's for us to hear. Okay, so it's now you're a new creation, you've got a new ministry or a new purpose, and you've got a new message. So it's like there's, there's a lot of change which has taken place uh, uh, at salvation. Okay, now you can't be effective in sharing that message if you don't know that message. You can't create what you don't know. Okay, uh, or, or what doesn't exist. So you, you can acknowledge what is. So you can acknowledge the word or the truth if you know the truth. Okay, so then it says in verse 20, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. Okay, so... This is also something that I loved, uh, you know, as a, as a young Christian. Like, wow, I'm an ambassador of Christ. I'm a representative of Christ. But I never thought about what that actually means. I thought it means that just when I'm at university or when I'm at, the, at working, when I was working, like it's just that people will see me and they'll know I'm a Christian and uh, they'll see that um, Christians um, uh, can be good or I don't know, that I'm... Uh, I'm making a difference in the world, or people will like me, or that I'm encouraging, or whatever. But it's not the case. Being an ambassador of Christ means I'm representing Him and His interests. So it means that wherever I am, where, whatever I'm doing, I'm going to do what He would do. I'm going to represent His interests. I'm going to do what He would do in those situations. Not what I would do. You know, it's like... Um, the, uh, Luke says, uh, or Jesus said in Luke, uh, <clears throat> um, the Son of Man came to seek and save that which was lost. So if I find someone that's lost, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to seek them out, trying to, to help save them, trying to draw them in. How? Because I've got this message. Whilst I'm speaking about the message, there's one message. You know, we often think that, you know, you, my calling is I've got a message of... Um, trying to be, 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 be careful here. Um, like a message of wisdom. God's given me, my, my message for the world is wisdom, and your message is um, leadership. leadership, or your message is uh, peace, like experiencing peace. You know, the gospel can contain those things, but there's one message that we've all got, and it's the message of reconciliation. What God has done for us in Christ Jesus. If you're sharing a message which is... Um, Without that, it's, it's, it's without power. So, you know, you can go and encourage people in the world. And they can still end up in de eternal destruction. So it's not really doing any good. <laughs> There's no good unless it's got eternal value, really. Okay? So it's important for us to, to, to note that. Then it says, like I said, we are ambassadors of Christ. God making His appeal through us. So that's how much we are God's representative. Uh, uh, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Or some uh, translations say we plead with you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. When last did you represent Christ by pleading with someone to come back to God? Pleading with them. Pleading with them. So we, we can't do that if we don't know that that's what we should be. How, what describes maturity. Describes a mature believer. Okay, and there's no condemnation, or God's not uh, angry with us if we, we um, uh, aren't living there just yet. But it's kind of like um, my boys are now seven and nine years old, 
And uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, um, on, I don't know if, when, when, what day is it? On Friday, for some reason, um, they wanted to carry a box of matches around with them each. And so I was like, sure, he can carry it around, just, you know, don't make, do something that would make me take them away from you, <laughs> you know. And uh, then they were like, uh, can we make a fire? So I was like, sure, you know, put some bricks around on, on the paving and, you know, kind of they found some twigs and stuff and I said, but you can't strike the match. I'm, they had a magnifying glass and I made them kind of like try it like that and they did it. They started a little fire, they took a pan and they boiled some water over it and it was pretty impressive. And um, here's the thing, they didn't know they could do that before that. They did it because they realized they could do it. Because they heard about that type of stuff in stories <laughs> that we're reading to them. So it's like, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know, which means you're not doing what you don't know. So it's like, that's why it's so important for us to get into the Word, so we can learn what we are actually like and what we're able to do, so we can acknowledge that and then live in that reality. Because we can't live in a reality we're unaware of. Okay? And let me just finish off this verse, or this chapter, verse 21. For our sake, He made Him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. So it's showing us that we would become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we become the righteousness of God the moment we receive Christ and we get born again. So then everything that's true of Jesus is true of you. Okay? But we like to just camp on that... And forget about what the righteousness of God does. Why are you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Now, if you've been here for a while, then, then uh, that should be established in your heart that you are righteous. But just in case you're not, you know, the moment you receive Jesus, you become 100% right with God, and you can't do anything to change that. Because it's not your righteousness, it's His righteousness. Okay, And that's a wonderful truth that really excited me the first time I heard about it in 2000 and probably more like 2006-7. And it really impacted me hugely and changed the whole course of my life. But what, why am I righteous? What are you righteous for? So that you can manifest that righteousness. Righteousness helps make things right. So it's like, my job now as the righteousness of God is to help set things right. So it's like I go, that's seeking and saving the lost. It's like in your, um, uh, through your, your, your career even, or your profession, your vocation, it's setting things right in that industry. Yeah. Now, th there could be no eternal value in what you're doing, and it could still help make this life awesome, and that's great, but then you can't neglect the things of eternal value, which is people. But we, we, it's important that we, 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 we shine in this life and that we, we help to make this world a better place without forgetting that there's another place <laughs> that we, we're preparing people for. Okay? But um, the point is, is that if we look at all these verses that we've looked at, we've got a new motivation. We've got a new purpose. We've got a, we are new creations with a new motivation, a new purpose, a new direction. But, and yet, so many people get born again, and they're a new creation. But the purpose hasn't changed. The direction hasn't changed. Now, you might have a, 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 a business, and you get saved, and you continue with that business. That's good. I'm, we're not saying stop the business. But the business now has a different purpose. 
Your family now has a different purpose. What is that purpose? It's kingdom. We love the verse, uh, seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6.33. And all these things, and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so this, what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God, to prioritize the kingdom of God? You know, it means to, to, to put God first in everything. And it's easy to kind of draw the conclusion, because this is the conclusion most people make first, and that's saying, in our finances, in giving. And it's true. But it's also prioritizing uh, the kingdom first when we're choosing to respond differently in situations. We're seeking first the kingdom when we've got an opportunity to hit someone and we don't. <laughs> that's, that's prioritizing kingdom. When someone uh, 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 spitefully uses you or abuses you and you respond in love, that's a kingdom growth opportunity. Not just in your life, but in the kingdom as a, as a whole. Because you're seeking to build relationship, not give people what they deserve, but treat them better than they deserve. That's manifesting like Jesus. See, we think manifesting Jesus often, we only think in terms of be healed. And that's included. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. But don't forget to love people. And forgive them. And not hold things against them. And to help them. In, in, you know, uh, uh, and things like, like Jesus would do that too. Okay? So we've got to realize like this new creation is no longer like the world. I want to read Romans chapter 12 from the Passion, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? So it's like, you've heard this message of grace, you've heard this message of the gospel, the message of reconciliation, it's changed your life, it's impacted you, how do you respond to that? Because what, what is that response called? Can anyone guess what that response is called? Starts with a W and ends with an worship. Thank you, worship. So it's like our response to His, His marvelous grace with mercies is worship. Okay? I'm trying to meet you where you're at. So, <laughs> what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? Because that's worship. I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God, to be His sacred living sacrifices. So this is our response to God, is surrendering ourselves to be His sacred living sacrifices. Surrender. What does it mean to surrender ourselves to Him? It means, yes, Lord. So it's not just, yes, Lord, I'll go to church on Sunday morning, Lord. It's a, yes, Lord. It's not even just a, yes, Lord, I'll give some of my finances to, to your kingdom, Lord. It's a, yes, Lord, I'll respond in love. Yes, Lord, you know, I'm going to choose to uh, turn the other cheek. Yes, Lord, I'm going to choose to forgive. Yes, Lord, I'm not, you know, I don't want to, to, to treat this person nicely, but I'm going to. You know, that, that's a kingdom life. Okay? Um, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart, for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. So there he calls it what it is. Verse 2, this is good. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, and, but, uh, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Now, I just want to look at that first part. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. 
How does New King James put that? Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. In other words, just don't be like the world. So, if we're new creations, we've got to realize that we've got to change our thinking and not think like an old creation. You've got a new operating system. You need to upgrade. Okay? You need, you need to, to, to change the way that you're thinking. Upgrade your operating system so that your actions can be different. Because your actions are not going to be different. Your life's not going to be different. You're not going to manifest the right thing if you're still thinking the wrong thing. You've got to think the right thing to get the right results. And so you've got to start to think in terms of, I'm a new creation, not an old creation. Here's something which is pretty cool. A new creation has a new bloodline. So you're not thinking about what you inherited from your great-great-granddaddy. You're thinking about what you've inherited from Christ. Okay? So that, that already changes a few things. You can throw away a few books. <laughs> I still keep them on my shelf for <laughs> entertainment value. So, you know, th so it's got, I've got to see that I've got a new creation. I'm a new creation. I've got a new uh, applied line. But also then I've got a new purpose. I've got a new mission. I've got a new motivation. I've got a new... Uh, there, there, there's every... All things have become new. Not just some. I've got new attitudes. Do you want to know what your new attitudes are? Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 and 23. It perfectly describes Jesus, but it perfectly describes you now because you are just like Jesus. I am love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's who I am now. And so, you know, because you know that now, you get into a situation and you're like, you have the opportunity where you don't feel love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And so now you're sitting in a situation and you're like, I have the opportunity to correct this and be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You, you, you all of a sudden realize you can and you should, even if you're not, because you know something. And then in that moment you need to acknowledge, I am not... Like this, I am love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. You know why I, I, I quote the whole thing? It's because when I've talked to them so often, I'll, I'll rather just say love, joy, peace, etc. Then it was Uncle Charlie who said that he thinks etc. is one of the fruit of the Spirit because I keep saying etc. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control is then who I am. And so now I know, I acknowledge that I can go in that direction. Okay, so... If I see that, now I can become that or walk in that. One more verse. 1 John 4 verse 17. It's herein is our love made perfect, that we might have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. So it, it, this is kind of um, echoing or reiterating the truth that Right, as Jesus is right now, so am I right now. I'm not trying to become like Him. I am like Him. But I can't live like I am if I don't know who I am. I can't live like I am if I don't know who I am. So I've got to be, come to a, 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 the knowledge of who I am so I can live in that place. If I, don't, I can't live in what I don't know. Okay? 
You, you, you can only, you'll never live beyond your level of revelation, which shows us the importance of the Word in our lives, which shows us the importance of growing in understanding in our lives, of, of, of receiving good teaching, of studying the Word, of, of um, uh, 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 meditating on these things so they can become part of our default. For example, I'm sure all of us have had moments where we feel like, wow, I don't deserve the goodness of God. Like, I just, I feel rotten right now for whatever reason. In that moment, we should have renewed our default to the place where our automatic response to that is, I'm not condemned on the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I deserve whatever He deserves. You know, it was years back, I can't remember, we were still living in Belkafondin, so it was 2011. And uh, I was driving... Uh, 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 it was 2012. I was driving somewhere in town early in the morning to help someone. And as you're driving, you know, you just get aches and pains sometimes. I just had a, a pain in my side or something like that. And I, I, and I had just, um, uh, uh, someone had just cut me off early in the morning. And so I was upset with them and I got angry. And I had that pain and I was like, in the name of Jesus, pain go. And I was like, you can't pray that. You just got angry with someone. And as I said that, I was like, ha. Huh. <laughs> You know, I've, I've got to uproot this I deserve mentality. and Because I, I, I don't get what I deserve, I get treated better than I deserve. So I, we have to renew our, our defaults to line up with the new creation realities that we have. I remember once, you know, there was more month at the end of our money than money at the end of the month. <laughs> and uh, uh, I remember, we, we kind of, Martin and I were like, what happened? You know, and we realized, oh, we overspent. Uh, uh, without realizing it in an area, and I can't remember what it was. And then I said, well, now it's just kind of a case of sowing and reaping. You know, we made mistakes and now we're reaping the consequences. And as I said that, I stopped and I was like, uh-uh, we're not going to get what we deserve here. <laughs> we're going to get treated better than we deserve. Thank you, Father, that you help us in this situation. Even though we were, were um, uh, it, it was neglect or it was um, just a mistake, thank you that we're going to come out of this good. And we did, because we just looked at it differently. See, we, we've got to start to think like new creation people, not like old creation people. And that changes the way that we live. So then it's like someone comes at you, you've been watching, um, I don't know what soapies are nowadays, but you've been watching Bold and the Beautiful or Days of Our Lives or I don't know what soapies are. Uh, but whatever the soapies are that, that are on TV now. And it's like you see how they respond to each other. You know, it's like um, someone says something wrong and it's like, Dish. And then they turn and they're facing opposite directions and they're angry with each other and they're talking even though they're not looking at each other. It's usually the case on TV. And then it's like, you know, the, you see how they respond to a situation like that. And because you've been baptized in that kind of uh, a scenario and seeing how they respond, you get into a situation like that and your automatic response is what you know. It's like, oh, you can't say that to me. And you turn your back and you're like, I've seen this somewhere before. Why do I feel like a movie star now? You know? And it's, it's not like that. It's, it, you're just doing what you know. Because you don't know better. You think you know better, but your default is still wired to old creation. It's not wired to new creation. So if you wire your default to new creation by baptizing yourself in the Word then you start to be able to live like Jesus. Then you start, you're able to start manifesting Jesus and living like Him. And you know what will happen? You'll become a nicer person. 
never mind the person sitting next to you enjoying you more, the world will enjoy you more because everybody likes nice people. Now I'm saying don't be the nice guy or the nice girl. Like what I'm, but I'm, what I'm saying is people are going to look at you and go, wow, you know, yes, you, you tell me straight sometimes, but you love me. I enjoy being around you. Okay, so it's like um, then it all of a sudden changes your whole life. You have more friends. You have more influence. And that's how we grow and mature in the kingdom, is living like Jesus. And that's how our leadership then grows. Because now people want to eat from the fruit in our lives. And, so, and then it just continues to grow and grow and grow. So I think it's, it's, it's important for us to kind of walk away thinking, okay, how can I change my default? So you'll, you'll acknowledge, you'll see some... Um, uh, 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 usual habits in your life, usual th- how I respond to situations usually, how I feel in certain situations or whatever. In those moments, you need to stop and you need to think, why do I think like this? Why do I react like this? Why do I, f- uh, I feel like this? Because where's Jesus in this? And you've got to kind of remind yourself that if I can't see it in Jesus, it shouldn't be seen in me. But if I can see it in Jesus, I, can, I should see it in you. And it's not a pressure to perform. It's just showing you the route that you can go. It's showing you a better route. It's like trying to go from here to Somerset West via Cape Town. There's a better route, but maybe you don't know. And so you're going, it'll take you, what, two hours maybe to get to Somerset West, that route. Because you don't know any better. But now you realize, wow, I I have got the Spirit of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I can live right and operate righteously so that I can bring my Father glory. And I can can show forth His, uh, 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 cause people to show forth His praises. And and it it could just be heaven on earth because I'm starting to manifest correctly. We all know people, not sure, company, present, company, present company excluded. We all know people who manifest other things than Jesus. They manifest uh, bitterness. They manifest hatred. They manifest unforgiveness. They manifest as if they've been baptized in lemon juice. And they're, just, they're just terrible, you know. And it's like uh, nobody here, once again. The people who didn't come. The people who are online. <laughs> We're grateful they stayed home. No, I'm joking. And, you know, um, the, the point is, is that, like, we, can all, we all have those moments, but we have those moments because we have an unrenewed mind. Because we're not focused on the right thing. And it's nothing that we can cast out of you, unfortunately. Like, it would be wonderful if you could all just line up and we can go, out, out, out. And then it's like, that's done. But it, what it has to happen is you need to filter it out by focusing on the right thing. And as you focus on the right thing, you start to produce the right fruit. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube.